You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter Ian Brown. And Ian, we're going to play Red Sox most likely a little later in the podcast, kind of our... uh, our own little game that we have going on the podcast this week. But before we get into that, it is Super Bowl week, and the Red Sox actually have a bit of a Super Bowl connection, right? I think you caught up with uh, Jack Thompson, member of the Carolina Panthers, who actually played in the Red Sox system. Yeah, Shaq Thompson was uh, an 18th-round pick of the Red Sox back in 2012. And at the time, the Red Sox were really excited about this kid. He hadn't played a lot of baseball but he was just a, a freakish athlete. And, uh, you know, his mother had told the Red Sox scouting director she really didn't want him to play football because his older brother had played in the NFL and blew out his Achilles in the second year and his career was over just like that. So she was hoping he would play baseball. So um, the Red Sox drafted him out of his high school in Sacramento, uh, tried to develop him. He played in the Gulf Coast League and uh, didn't work out very well for him. Uh, you know, he, was all, he only got about 37. He was like 0 for uh, 37 or something with uh, 22 strikeouts and uh, just didn't work out for him. But, you know, I talked to people in the Red Sox farm system at the time. Um, I talked to them recently, and they thought that, you know, if he had stuck it out, you know, he might have been able to be a pretty good baseball player just because he was such a gifted athlete. But obviously by the fact that he's uh, starting a linebacker for the Panthers in this week's Super Bowl, you know, he probably made the right choice to go play football. Um, he's, a, he's just a tremendous athlete, and there'll be some interest from the uh, people within the Red Sox who kind of helped develop it in 2012 to see you know, what he what he does against the Broncos in this game. Yeah, it's always interesting to see because when a guy is, is good at both sports like that um, but has struggles in baseball, it is a grind being on those buses in the minor leagues. So when you see the other option, which is play college football and then go straight to the NFL, I think for some of these guys that, that seems like the easier path. Interesting, though, that, that – we were almost at a spot where he would have been playing against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would that would have been real interesting. And the uh, Red Sox people might have had some uh, conflicted uh, rooting lines there. But uh, yeah, people here in New England are still uh, a little upset just because the Patriots came, you know, within a two-point conversion of forcing overtime and maybe getting back to the Super Bowl <laughs> for the seventh time in, in the Brady era. But. Uh, you know, the good news is with the Patriots gone, people are starting to look toward the Red Sox. So we'll be in Fort Myers, you know, within a, a couple short weeks here. What a fantastic transition back to baseball. And you don't even need me. You could just do this <laughs> podcast by yourself. But like you said, just a couple of weeks, they'll be in Fort Myers. So let's talk about the 2016 season. And I mentioned this game, uh, Red Sox most likely too. So basically I'm going to throw out some possible accomplishments or feats for Red Sox players in 2016, and you need to tell me which player is most likely to get there. Uh, we're going to start with the pitching game, and which Red Sox is most likely to throw a no-hitter or perfect game? Uh, this might surprise some people, but you know, I would still say that it's Clay Buckles, just because when this guy is on, uh, he's electric, and we saw it at times last year, even before, before he got hurt. He's already, of course, he threw a no-hitter in his first, uh, in his second Major League start, and had an interesting conversation with Clay a couple of years ago, I think it was, where he said that you know, he kept trying to throw another no-hitter. <laughs> that might have actually um, set him back a little bit in his career where he was trying to be too fine at times and too too perfect, and now he's kind of just settled back in and shows who he is. But, yeah, I could still see him throwing another no-hitter or even, even a perfecto if he has everything going on a given night. 
Certainly good to go with the guy who's done it before and who's been there. All right, moving over to the hitter's side, and which Red Sox is most likely to hit for the cycle? So I would say Mookie Betts, just because he's got a great combination, you know, speed and power, and you know, surprised everyone when Brock Holt hit for the cycle last year, simply because he doesn't hit, uh, you know, he doesn't hit many home runs. But uh, you know, Mookie. Uh, certainly always a candidate to be able to do that, and uh, he's an electrifying player, and I know that uh, Red Sox fans are looking forward to, to watching him this year. And I've, I've always found Fenway to be a fairly cycle-friendly ballpark when you think about the fact they have the short porch and left, and then you have the triangle in center, and really, if you get the ball into that triangle over the center fielder's head, it doesn't really even take a super-fast player to get to third if you can put it in the triangle. Hey, put it this way, Tim. Uh, Benji Molina hit for the cycle at Fenway <laughs> <laughs> two or three years ago. But uh, no, it was actually the Red Sox haven't had a cycle since um, I think it was John Ballantin in 1996 until Brock Holt last year. So it was kind of one of those weird things. So now, now maybe they'll get them in bunches and uh, good tee it up for Mookie or, uh, or Xander this year. All right. Well, Ian, on, on MLB.com we have what we call must-sees, and that's a letter C. The C can stand for classic or clutch or catch. Um, it's a thing that it takes an imp- a great catch, like a game-changing catch or, or a historic moment, that kind of thing, to earn a must-see for a player. Each team, you know, some teams get a handful of them per season, some teams even less. So with that explained, who is the Red Sox most likely to collect a must-see? Uh, I would say Jackie Bradley because of you know, his defense. This guy is just uh, you know, a spectacular defender. It seems like every time he plays, he makes a play that just leads, leads you uh, shaking your head. You know, how did he make that catch? How did he make that throw? So I would definitely say Jackie Bradley Jr. That's a good one. And I think if I remember back to last year, the Red Sox leader, without the stats in front of me for must-sees, I think it was Mookie Betts. Obviously, Probably, Jackie Bradley yeah. wasn't in the lineup until late in the year. But, hey, a little friendly competition between outfielders. Certainly a good thing. All right, who's the yeah. Red Sox most likely to hit a grand slam? I would still say Big Poppy, right? I mean, this guy, as long as he's playing, he's going to be their best, uh, you know, their best power hitter, their best clutch hitter. And you think that, uh, you know, since this is going to be his last year, he's going to go out with some some dramatic hits. So, uh, you know, why why not a, why not a grand slam? Yeah, and he should have some guys in front of him uh, with the the chance to get on base for sure. Who is the Red Sox most likely to go 2020 in 2016? 2020, I would say, um, I mean, really, it's a toss-up between Betts and Bogarts um, because you know, both of these guys have that combination of speed and power. Now, Bogarts didn't hit for the power last year, and that was surprising. And That was the one thing. His average went way up, but his, his, uh, you know, his, his power went down a little bit. So I would say he could be a prime candidate if he sort of, uh, regain some of the power you expect him to have. But I guess you give Betts a slight edge just because uh, you know he was the one who hit for the more power last year. But I think these two guys have a friendly little rivalry. They're good friends. Uh, and I think maybe Bogarts would like to out-homer uh, Mookie this year. Was there a reason, you know, when you go back to 2015, a reason for Bogarts not hitting for the power? Obviously, he had a great season at shortstop and all-star. But like you said, the, the power wasn't there. Yeah, I think just to get his hitting technique there, he was really focusing on going the other way. Um, and it was really one of those years, too, where he had a lot of balls go high off the wall. And I think it was just you know an unlucky year in a way from a power standpoint. Um, they're very happy with the year he had. Yeah, that uh, you know, 15, 20 home runs, if they can get that out of the shortstop position, in addition to a 300 average, and the defense he's playing, the Red Sox are very happy with, uh, with Sandra Bogart. 
All right. Which Red Sox is most likely to have the longest scoreless inning streak? I'm going to give it to David Price. I mean, they're paying this guy, right, $31 million a year. I think it was for a reason. And they're hoping that he goes on some of those dominant stretches. And I know that, uh, you know, Red Sox fans just can't wait till David Price takes them out for them for the first time. How about Craig Kimbrell, if I had to throw another one out? It'd go to the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, Kimbrell, certainly. We saw Koji have that great streak. I think it was in 2013 where it seemed like he went out, went forever without giving up a run. And, yeah, Kimbrell's got uh, nasty electric stuff. I know he's looking forward to pitching with the adrenaline of the Fenway fans on the side, so he would be another prime candidate. All right, who is the Red Sox most likely to have the longest hitting streak? That would be Bogarts. Just he's become such a pure hitter. Um, really fun to watch him hit last year, and it seems like he takes a good, you know, good swing every time he hits the ball. He squares it up, so definitely I could see Bogarts having a, one of those thirty gamers this year. All right, now this next one is who's the Red Sox most likely to get ejected, but the obvious easy answer would be John Farrell. So I'd like you to, along with Farrell, if you could give me a player as well. Most likely to get ejected. Oh, boy, that's uh, I'm trying to think of a good one here. Uh, hmm, maybe Big Poppy. I've seen him, you know, <laughs> as cheerful a guy as he is, I've seen him... Uh, you know, blow a fuse here and there. I remember that phone incident in Baltimore a couple of years ago. <laughs> he bashed the uh, bullpen phone. I think it was with his with with his bat. So, uh, you know, Ortiz obviously wants to win this year, his last year. So, I'm, I'm going to go with Big Poppy. Yeah, that would have been that would have been my choice as well. He's always been known to uh, on a third on a called third strike, give the umpire that extra look. Sometimes gets him the, the extra attention as well. All right, moving on. Who is the Red Sox most likely to lose a spot in the starting rotation? Well, I think you always have to go with the number five guy, and that's uh, that's Joe Kelly going into the year. He's been look, he's been inconsistent in his career. He uh, and he finished, you know, he finished pretty strong uh, last year, but you know, you just don't know if uh, you know, you just don't know if he's going to continue that this year. If he's going to go back to you know, this guy was also in the minor leagues in June last year, so we'll just have to wait and see. All right, and who is the Red Sox bench player most likely to grab a spot in the starting lineup? Well, I would say just for um, you know injury reasons and everything, and because he's the ultimate insurance policy, Brock Holt. This is a guy who plays seven different positions. Uh, he's basically wound up playing regularly for the team the last two years, just because you can put him anywhere you know, except for pitcher or catcher. So you know, if one of these guys has an unexpected injury, they'll look for Brock Holt to uh, to step right in. All right, we're going to finish with a fun one, Ian. Who is the Red Sox most likely to walk out to Justin Bieber music? <laughs> well, I remember uh, Joe Kelly walking out to Backstreet Boys music, I think it was, um, when he first joined the Red Sox. So for that reason alone, I would I would say that uh, Kelly is the one guy on that team I could picture uh, <laughs> kind of running out to a Bieber song. Not a shame. Now, when he does it, does that uh, is that a good team booster, a good morale booster? If the team <laughs> sees Joe Kelly take the mound to Justin Bieber, or are they like, how are we supposed to get motivated with this player? <laughs> you know, I think anything that you know, if, they, if it gives them something to make fun of him about, I mean, Joe's a great guy. He likes to have a lot of fun with his teammates. So, if it gives them something to have fun with, I think uh, you know, more power to them and <laughs> more power to him. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of MLB.com Extras Red Sox. Ian Brown, thanks a lot for joining us. 
MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.